It's raw, it's real, it's unkempt. A podcast for founders, investors, and entrepreneurs hosted by me, Leanne Kemp, Queensland's chief entrepreneur. And this week I talked to Travis Garoni. Now, if you don't know who he is, well, he's the co-founder of Movember and global brand and creative director. And then I'll get my pitch on and Leanne explain why having the perfect pitch can make or break some entrepreneurs. Leanne explaining in its finest. So Travis, welcome to Unkempt. It's so good to have you on the show. A little birdie told me about the origins of this incredible foundation that you've built. You started growing a moustache or a moustache. In fact, I think I'm doing it inadvertently, hitting my 50-year-old straps very shortly. One month in 2003 after a chat in a bar with a mate. And in my opinion, most great ideas come from sitting around a table or having a beer with a friend. So it's no surprise that now almost 20 years later, Movember is the mainstay of the Australian charity calendar. For those who may not be familiar with the brand, can you give us the potted history of Movember? Yeah, definitely. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. It's great to um, it's great to be talking to someone outside of my house in Melbourne in lockdown. So um, thank you. You know what? I, I've read a couple of times that... Um, no good story started with a salad, right? So I think the fact that you, you know, alcohol may or a couple of beers, just a couple of beers may sort of get the, um, the creative um, juices flowing. So uh, it, definitely, it definitely did that day. The history, I suppose, in, in, a, in a snapshot is it, it, it actually is really simple. And I think simplicity and a little bit of being naive may be some of the secret sort of, you know, herbs and spices to to Movember, you know, I was catching up with a mate in a bar. Um, you know, we hadn't seen each other for 10 odd years since we'd been through sort of college together. And um, the long and the short of it was we're giving each other the update on what we'd been doing for the past decade. And from a action sports kind of background for both of us, um, being, you know, quite counterculture, youth-driven industries, I was giving my mate Lucky an update on what I was doing in the world of breast cancer. And I had been extremely fortunate enough to be sort of summons, I suppose, to go go and work for a breast cancer organisation to help to help um, get a kit together. So when a lady's diagnosed with breast cancer, um, you know, she could track and monitor her journey throughout her diagnosis. And that was like, boom, I had no idea at the time that that was going to change my life. But I was so impressed and I'm not. The, I, I knew the way women looked after themselves, and I just said to Lucky one day, I was like, "Well, you know, if we could be kind of like an inch of what of what the women are in our lives, then we we will succeed." So it was a chance conversation. We, you know, the conversation jumped around from surfing to skateboarding to business to a whole bunch of other businesses on the go, and the fact that you know, I just wanted to. It's definitely not a vision as far as, you know, seeing something, but I could see it so clearly, you know, um, that I just needed to uh, disrupt the charitable space, you know. I just felt like it was just there, sitting there, you know. We'd come from these very youth-driven sort of platforms and companies and cultures and I was just saying, Lucky, there there is nothing for guys specifically um, at the time that is... I don't know. I just wanted to. We just wanted to create a platform for men to to do good for themselves, and and just the way that women women were doing it. And I just knew that 
if we approached it that way, it wasn't going to fly. So, you know, men are simple creatures. So, you know, we have to keep it simple. We have to keep it fun. Um, you know, this was about creating conversations. This was about getting guys to talk. This was not uh, an idea or concept to go out and raise over a billion dollars, which is what we have done today. So, you know, the thing was to get guys to talk, you know, keep it fun, keep it simple, keep it about men um, and create a movement or create a platform where every guy has the opportunity to not only change their behaviour but, you know, kind of do good in the world. And uh, that was probably... You know, we sat around that day going, we will get every guy on the planet to grow a moustache. It's fantastic. <laughs> I can see, talking about growing moustaches, I had a bit of a soft spot for Tom Selleck and particularly his moustache is the Chevron and there's lots of disruptions. I'd imagine the Chevron, the walrus moustache, the handlebar, the horseshoe, even the Fu Manchu. I can see that you're sporting, of course, the Travis Garoni in all styles you did speak before about disruption. You know, entrepreneurs and innovators, disruption is pretty much our way of life and we look at things and systems differently and wonder how can this be better. Movember has certainly disrupted how individuals raise money for charity by giving a clear signal, a moustache, as well as a time and place, the November. So it's a call to action of when and where. Movember has intertwined the brand with an outcome, which is incredible. Talk to us a little bit about those hurdles and that disruptive moment when you've finally realised you're onto something here. You know, like, well, to, at, at the start of what you said with the Tom Selleck's and all that kind of thing, you know, the, we didn't create how special the moustache what is. I mean, that, that was given to us by, like you say, Martin Luther King, you know, Tom Selleck, um, Frida Kahlo, you know, all these people, you know, Jimi Hendrix, you know, all these kind of people that really influenced the world, you know, and you can go back right through all the, you know, the, the kings and the kings and all the royals and whatnot. It was, this, it was a special thing. Um, so we just had to create this kind of, we just had to take that and, and embrace that, you know. And, you know, I think staying true to, to what you believe in and what you see is, is, just, is just so important. And, again, in its most simplest form, my birthday's on the last weekend or the last, you know, week of November, last few days of November. So hence why we called it November. We thought we'd need a month to grow. Um, you know, a moustache. So, again, this very simple thought pattern would, you know, would obviously start to create the building blocks of something to become quite strong. Um, you know, my my background is in branding, you know, my even though I've, you know, as, as most, you know, kind of people that create organisations do, they start off with a skill set of one thing and then, boom, by the time, you know, a couple of years sort of whips around you, your, you know, your, your, your finance, your HR, your partnerships, your ambassadors, you know, you're absolutely everything, you know. Um, so the branding component of this, of this thing was, I don't know, second nature to me and very much to Lucky as well. You know, he, he sort of has very similar sort of head on his shoulders as what I do. So the brand was always first and foremost. And, again, the, you know, to grow a moustache for 30 days is, 
can be a horrible thing. It's, it's, it's itchy, it's awkward, your loved ones are kind of off you, you know, and so, you know, it, it's just it's a difficult time. So a lot of our thought process was how do we get people to come back? How do we get all the girls around us to, that can't grow moustaches to sort of love and support us? How do we get all the guys to believe and trust and, and come back year after year? So 17 years, right? It's like so this kind of started to create the recipe of what was becoming Movember. Um, when you put that sort of aside with the fact that we're not, I suppose, you know, if, if I'm working for a big brand, I'm trying to sell trainers or I'm trying to sell board shorts or skateboards or something, I'm selling men's health, you know, now. The, the product was for guys to do good. So you don't really get a lot of competitors. So, and if you do, that's just odd, right? Why would someone want to stop you sort of looking after yourselves a little bit better than what you did yesterday? So, you know, we always put that as very much the essence of Movember, being disruptive, you know, being irreverent, um, keeping it extremely, extremely simple and fun and then just hoping and putting it out there that... Um, the world will sort of, you know, embrace it. The world has certainly embraced it. And there's no doubt you mentioned 17 years. It's a long time to be in business. And I know many startups feel like a year is a decade in the making. We certainly at Everledger talk about dog years, <laughs> which, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that does I feel. About November years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so thinking about, thinking about those that are just starting out, our entrepreneurs, our startups, our first time founders, there are a number of stages that you would have gone through in growing from startup to an established company and, of course, now a globally recognised brand. What's the advice that you would give to those that are starting out now? You know, this is always a really good, good question, you know, and um, there is so many things that you would sit down and say, but probably from my perspective, the one, the, the big one would be get ready to embrace change. Um, I probably wasn't ready for it at the time and, you know, ask me that question three or four years ago, I would have been, stick to your guns, don't let anyone tell you what to do, just follow your own vision and all that kind of stuff. And whilst all those things are absolutely still mandatory, surround yourself with good people, um, surround yourself with the skill sets that you don't have and get ready to embrace change and that's it. And if you can stick to your guns and if this was a band that was like, hey, write your music and play the songs that you love but you know what, be ready to be commercially successful and if, and if you want that, you need to probably do A, B and C, get ready to embrace it. You know, my, you know I, I, had, I, I sometimes used to laugh going, if it was just probably Lucky and I, my member would probably have grown to about 60 people and we wouldn't have told anyone about it because we would probably trying to be too cool for our own good back in our 20s, you know. Um, so, yeah, by, by just embracing it but doing it the way you want to do it, that's um, right for the market, huh? You're going to have a market in anything you do or else, you know, you're probably not going to be a, a – well, you're going to be successful. But you that's might so not true. Be, you, know, you might not be in all the countries you want to be in. The second we embrace change uh – that we become more open to that limitless possibility of life. and But also if you want things to change, I guess you first have to change within yourself. And there are many companies that start out with one idea. 
gradually or even quickly evolve and change over time. So tell us a little bit how Movember has changed since it was entrenched as a part of our calendar year and how working with partners like Monopoly as a prime example has helped boost the brand and even taken your message to a completely wider, if not different, audience. You know, the sort of the relationship with people like Monopoly um, is absolutely sort of mandatory to to how I see this thing growing and to, you know, to where I see it um, need, needing to be. So, you know, if I sort of take again my non-charitable hat and then put my creative, you know, build a brand, you know, kind of mentality to this, um, the first thing I do is go to, you know, sort of these big, big like-minded brands that I that I really respect and appreciate and and are relevant, right? Mr. Monopoly um, is extremely relevant to what we do and who we are as an organization and a movement, you know. Um, we we share the first two letters, you know, of our of our sort of brand names as well. There's there's just a I don't know, there's just a legitimacy about a partnership like that with Movember and and Monopoly. And, you know, we we try and have those partnerships with everyone that we do. The other way the other way I see it is that if I can embrace all these sort of companies um and and have partnerships or relationships with them where I can be using their internal marketing teams or their advertising spend, you know, then then that's more money's going to men's health, right? At the end of the day, that's all we're trying to do. You know, Luke and I had a had a vision that we could run this with, you know, that our cost of fundraising ratio is at zero, purely because we thought we could get, you know, and I used to go to all my other clients and say, right, you know, X, Y, and Z, how do, can you be a partner? Can you be a sponsor? Can we use your advertising spend? Can we pick up holes where you, you're not going to be using it? Anything big borrowing, stealing, and that were the early days, right? So that mentality of why should we go and spend money on advertising when I can piggyback off the back of a whole bunch of other brands, global brands, uh, and not think local, not think Melbourne or Victoria, think think sort of you know big, then that has served us well, and it's meant so much money can go through to where it needs to be, and. When you look at things like Monopoly that are doing, I don't know, I think they really enjoy our irreverence and disruption. And then they, and, and these guys are so disruptive in, in their mentality as well. Like, you know, creating fun board games 85 years ago. I mean, wow, you know. It's incredible. 85 years the game has played such an important role in bringing people and even strengthening bonds of family and friendship. I know there's not a friend's house that doesn't have a Monopoly game sitting in a shelf somewhere in their house. It's timeless, right? I mean, it's helped create so many memories that last a lifetime. I'm here for advocating that maybe we should nudge Monopoly and see whether they can change. Instead of go to jail, you could grow a mo and sit in there for a couple of laps of the board. Let's see if we can make that change on the board. <laughs> hey, um, I've already tried, huh? I've tried. Uh, I've tried so many. I've been trying since 2010. Um, probably the, the respectful thing about Monopoly is the four corners of the board are trademarked. Like yeah. they're, they're kind of one of the, it must be their secret kind of, you know, recipe to the success of the game. 
I, I thought you'd, you'd change it straight to when you sort of pass Mo, you get $200, but uh, I couldn't even get that across the line. So, no, I mean, Monopoly, they're like a, they're, you know, they're a pop culture, they're counterculture. They're, you know, I'm just so f- blown away when you look at the other people that have their sort of limited edition Monopoly games and to think the fact that Movember is sitting alongside <laughs> people like ACDC, then I'm just like, what the? Wow. It's incredible. It's I'm truly done. incredible. <laughs> yeah, you've done it. I finally love to give my guests a bit of a crystal ball. It's it's for you to do with it as you choose. You can either take us back in time to your 15-year-old self and tell us what advice you'd give to your younger self or look ahead and paint us a bit of a vision for the world in 2050. Um, I think, uh, you know, if I could do both, I'd probably go back and tell my younger self to, you know, just stay true to who you are and what you believe in and, you know, protect yourself, you know, really protect your ideas and protect your way of thinking because there's comforting conformity, right? And if we all become the same person and the same way of thinking, then probably not much will ever change, like, drastically. You know, it will probably always get better just with a slow evolution. you know, and, and I like I like being humble. I like keeping my head low and all that kind of stuff. I think some people probably take that as, you know, being naive or, you know, um, having confusing it with a lack of knowledge, but it's not, you know. Just be careful of the quiet, be careful of the quiet ones. And if I had this ball to look forward in in life, you know, it's it's such a, a such an awkward time um, that the world is is going through. Uh, the loss and the damage and all this kind of stuff is, is just, it's, it is horrific. Um, and that aside, you know, people that are, you know, November now more times than not is more relevant than ever, you know, guys losing, um, you know, you know, jobs and relationships and the challenge, the challenges are real, aren't they? They are really real. And it's not just guys. I mean, everyone. Um, but I honestly think the world will be better, uh, you know, after this. I, I just think that if we don't if we don't get that change that we all need, especially from a you know a climate point of view, then now now is the time. You know, my I think someone said to me when the, all this happened, you know, was Trav, don't waste a good crisis, huh? Like really make use this to change. So I'd, I'd be telling everyone that now is the time to do things differently and to protect not only differently to survive in business or as a society but you know there's some real basic stuff we're not doing with this planet of ours and if we don't have a solid healthy planet and ecosystem and and you know oceans and then (laughs) men's health is the least of our worries right so you know look after yourselves and more you know you want to grow good food then Look after the soil. You want good humans on the planet? Then look after the planet. I think that's probably, they're they're big enough statements. (laughs) They're big statements. I think you're definitely an activator, an instigator, and all things that are innovation. So thank you. There are so many startups that are searching for meaning and purpose in what they're doing. And who would have thought moustaches are little wings for your nose and you are certainly flying like an angel in the sky. Thank you so much. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Travis Garoni, what a man, what a brand, and what a meaningful way of purpose in the world. Thank you so much for having me. Cheers. 
And this week, I, Leanne, explain you on the perfect elevator pitch. You know, crafting a solid elevator pitch is a critical exercise for founders of early stage startups. And I know from experience, clearly, that a little spiel about your company can play a big role in securing investor funding, attracting top talent, and even winning customers. And today's investing climate, your pitch is more important than ever. After an unprecedented stretch of deal-making activities, the coronavirus pandemic is causing VC firms around the world to think harder about deploying capital. And uncertainty about when the pandemic will end and what the new normal will look like means that VCs have to plan for a wider range of possible scenarios. And many of them are quite wary in overspending in the current climate. So while this crisis is devastating across the globe, and it's certainly questioning businesses of all size, they also present opportunities, especially for startup founders who can distinguish themselves from their competition. So I'm Leanne explaining you that dreaded pitch is perhaps the most nerve-wracking and important thing that you'll ever do in your early days of launching a company. And in the space of five minutes, you'll have to explain your idea and why the judges should pick it as the winner of a competition or why investors should pour their hard-earned money into you. So there's five simple tips that I'm about to run through to make sure your pitch will be impossible to ignore. First, keep it simple. Most pitches come with a fairly restrictive time limit and attempts to go into technical detail or to meander around the idea will often end in heartbreak. And I think that the best pitches should also make sense to anyone on the street, not just an experienced judge or a well-versed investor. Now two, clearly define the problem you're solving. All good business ideas need to be solving a very real problem that exists somewhere in society, if not across the entire globe. And all good pitches need to clearly define what the problem is at the very top. But you also need to show evidence that this problem is real and important and that those who are facing it are willing to employ or deploy a new product or offer to solve this challenge. Three is avoid the cliches. There's so many of them, of course, in the tech space. And with a limited amount of time, and it's still being early days in the idea formation phase, it can be very easy to regurgitate startup cliche and stereotypes during pitch competitions or in that first meeting of a VC. Now, once you've clearly defined the problem that you're solving, you've got to nail the ending. While much is made about making a great first impression in a short pitch, the ending is even more important. You cannot forget the closing. It is the most important part because lasting impressions last. And clever minds and tactical angles are also sometimes completely undervalued. But I think the most important is show your personality. Pitches don't have to be boring and completely serious on all occasions. Instead, they can help show the real you. And judges or even venture capital firms really want a bit of character to get them on board with who you are as a leader and a personality and what your strengths are, along with the idea itself. So the most important thing that most people look for is that every pitch should include a sense of oneself. Unkempt. It's hosted by me, Leanne Kemp, and produced by the Office of Queensland Chief Entrepreneur and our Mike and mates at the Content Division. Hey, you like what you hear? Well, head over to your podcast platform of choice and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. For more tips, why don't you visit 
chiefentrepreneur.qld.gov.au. Thanks for listening.